Have you tried Music to Code By yet? Well, why not? Here's a comment Joe left on the website. This is also great music to mow by. I like listening to music while doing yard work to help the monotony of it seem less tedious. This past summer, I started listening to these tracks while doing yard work, and they worked great! I could let the music play in the background without focusing on it, and it seemed to help me concentrate on getting through my tasks. Thanks, Joe. And you know, now you can download the entire 13-track collection. That's over five and a half hours of music to code by for only 39 bucks. Check it out at musictocodeby.net. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And this is the last show we are recording at Oslo. NDC, Oslo, yeah. NDC. Yeah. It's been a long day, I forgot my where I was there for a second. Long week. Yeah, you're fading, you're fading out. Yeah, not really. Yeah, it's been good fun. Yeah, good fun. And the coffee's strong. Yep. So. Coffee's strong. Music's good. It's been a great show. Been a great show. Anyway, let's roll the music, and I'll give one last Better Know framework for this conference. Awesome. <laughs> Hi man, what do you got? Well, in the final installment of my uh, Xamarin plugin series. Ah, very nice. Yes, but I don't know a Xamarin plugin. Exactly. Another one for storage. Oh except yeah. This is a secure storage plugin. Oh, okay. For Xamarin and Windows apps, and you know, secure storage. This is a place where I want to hide keys. Right. Or I want to hide something. You know, passwords, mm -hmm, whatever. Mm -hmm. Because you do need a place to do that, and all the APIs are different on every yep. platform. So that's it. It's the secure storage plugin for Xamarin Windows Store apps. And I guess depending on the platform, different encryption, different rules. Like yeah. you don't want to know. You just want to be able to store stuff securely and get it back. It's name value. It's cross-secure-storage.current.set-value, name, comma, value. Nice. That's all there is to it. That's pretty cool. Pretty simple, but something that you're going to use over and over again. And good finds. All right, man, who's talking to us today? Grabbed a comment off a show 1446 from the beginning of June. Ooh. That was the Banish Your Inner Critic show with Denise Jacobs. Awesome here, show. Uh, with her book. Of course, she's been here, although we didn't interview her this time because we just had her on the show. Mm -hmm. Had some great comments, too. And this one comes from Bert Young Dieterig. I'm trying to pronounce it Not Dutch, bad. you know, because he says, my Dutch-like English, I apologize now. And then... From Holland, but not from Amsterdam. Okay. And we know that Holland is a state of the Netherlands. That's right. Yeah, most people think it's the other way around. Yeah. They think that Holland is a city. Nope. Or, or Netherlands is the city. Yeah. And it's the other way around. Yeah, none of those things are true, right? Yeah. Netherlands is a country. Holland is a state. But Amsterdam they're all Dutch. City. They are all Dutch. Yeah. And uh, Burke goes on to say, what an interesting show. So different from the tech shows, but still very needed. Thank mm. you, Denise. As a long-time listener and first-time commenter, I would like to add a pro tip that I learned myself to get the creative juices flowing literally. Okay. Not figuratively? L literally? literally? Really? There are creative juices? What is that literally? exactly? Okay. I, and what do they taste like? Yeah, nice. I'm going to presume the whole Dutch to English thing and presume it's actually figuratively, although okay. apparently we've changed the meaning of literally to be figuratively we've anyway. We've literally changed the, the meaning of literally, literally to, to be figuratively. figuratively. That's yeah. right. Uh, but for some background, I'm a professional software you developer. You can laugh. It's okay, Diane. <laughs> don't, don't hold back. 
<laughs> I'm laughing inside. <laughs> okay. I'm a professional software developer for about 13 years now. My job is fixing bugs that others create to help customers and just love my job. And he's not angry. Nope, not at all. Wow. Uh, to be able to find bugs and fix them, you have to be very creative. Being yeah. a bug fixer for so long, I have learned that a production critical bug is not something to be stressed about, mm. which helps. You know, you get too wound up, you're actually not as effective. Especially when people are yelling at you to fix it. Exactly. And using bad uh, words. So in order for me to still feel a little bit of stress, or that frame that Denise talked about, mm. when some production application is down, or when I want to close some tickets fast, I drink a lot of coffee, preferably in a .next rocks mug. I can arrange that. Mm. In order for my bladder to tell me, hey... You need to pee. <laughs> and this is a tip this for being creative? <laughs> then I get up half from my chair, half standing and half sitting, and all of a sudden the bug gets fixed and the tickets get closed. So In other words, if you have to pee, you fix bugs you fast. You think faster, yes. A little um, urgency from your body. That's crazy. Yes. So he says, I am actually more creative when I have to pee. That's, That's wild. his statement. I love everything about that. Yeah, except how how long are you going to give yourself? Uh, exactly. And when uh, yeah, what is the point at which you're just gonna? <laughs> I fixed it, but I need a new pair of pants. <laughs> 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 anyway, this, this is a .NET show, Diane. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know that. <laughs> We're going to talk about stuff here. I guarantee oh, this you. Is great. Ah, uh, Bert, what a great comment. Uh, and now here comes a .NET Rocks mug. Yeah. If you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET. Mm. rocks.com or via any of our social media because we publish every show to Facebook and Google Plus and if you comment there and we read it on the show we'll send you a mug and follow us on Twitter he's at Rich Campbell I'm at Carl Franklin send us a tweet we read them while we're peeing <laughs> <laughs> alright okay let's introduce Diane now who's completely flabbergasted and doesn't know where she is Several years ago, Diane Zajac Woody traded a career in corporate America for a life of coaching, and she's never looked back. Nice. She now uses her 13 years of experience to help groups from Fortune 50 companies to the U.S. government transform their people into high-performing teams. Drawing from Kanban, systems thinking, and psychology, Diane teaches teams to practically apply an agile mindset and, in the process, find joy in their work again. As a frequent conference presenter, Diane enjoys connecting with others who share her passion for continuous learning. She returns for Agile 2017 as the People Program Chair. Her alter ego makes her thoughts transparent at agilesquirrel.blogspot.com. Welcome, Squirrel. Diane. Thank you. That's Squirrel. exactly where the name came from. <laughs> you picked it up right away. Yeah. No, I'm the guy who says I've harnessed my ADD for the forces of good. Yes, exactly. exactly. Very good. That's all it is. Wow. Very good. What are you talking about here? Well, I did a workshop on empathy mapping. And that is? <laughs> that is the same question I get from everybody who yeah, I tell them. What the heck is I that? did this workshop. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a technique that's been around for a couple of years. It basically walks you through uh, a series of exercises that help you get in the head of your customer. Nice. Oh. So it's a very visual, you do it as a team. Uh, obviously here at a conference, we have some contrived example mm -hmm, of, yeah. let's pretend we're a, you know, an airline company and we're writing software for people. And mm -hmm. we go through the process of first doing lightweight personas, mm -hmm. just real quick. Let's think of all the different types of people who might actually 
book a ticket. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of differences between a grandmother buying a ticket for her grandson versus a business traveler who travels every week. Yeah, buy tickets every week. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, right. So we, we identify some of those. Then we do a quick exercise to prioritize them, mm-hmm. uh, which that turns out to be something people find really useful because it's a silent quick and dirty let's not talk for an hour as we try to prioritize right. because a lot of those meetings take right. forever right. so this on, is a, a way to gamify it right basically. okay taking I'm just thinking turns. about airlines that are empathic but that's a separate issue yeah so that's a <laughs> total different issue um so then basically we get into the empathy map which is just basically a specific thing we draw on a piece of flip chart paper mm. and then we start working through what that particular customer uh is basically seeing what they're saying, what they're hearing, what they're thinking, and then some of their pains and gains. And I love that you keep treat all those things differently because they're often not the same. Mm. Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest ahas for people is realizing the, how much they are interpreting versus observing. Right. So this exercise forces people to not make assumptions you, you're still sort of guessing, and, and that's one of the disclaimers at the start of the talk is, this does not replace talking to people. Yeah, do you we actually, still have to talk to people. Do we actually find these people and interview them? Uh, ideally, yes. That yeah. would be the more involved. This is initial. So think okay. really early stage of a project. You have an idea. You think you want to do this thing. Yeah. It helps you think about a specific person and helps you really define the problem. Sure. Yeah, because right. if you don't really get into... What are they seeing? Because all you know is what you see. Right. And if you don't pause and observe, what what would this grandmother be seeing? And this goes way beyond, as a user, I want yes. to log in so Absolutely. I can use the app, right? Okay, well, Absolutely. let's define a user. Uh, to me, I have either types. of you read Inmates Are Running the Asylum? Yeah, yeah of course. Love that book. Long and, time and ago, Alan Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. It's quite a long time ago, but it's a classic. And Great it, book. This technique totally... Uh, supports what he's saying in yeah. the, in the in that book in particular. Yeah, uh, users don't know what they want. Right. The faster horses Henry Ford thing always comes <laughs> up, right? You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Although apparently a myth didn't actually say it. Really? Yeah. Uh, Even though it's uh, a myth, can we it's, pretend? It's, it's very yeah, <laughs> no. It's like it's still very valid. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But uh, yeah, I don't know that he was actually that clever. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things out there on the internet yeah. that I question whether they've actually people it's have fair. actually. It kind of takes things. the fun out of it when you figure it out. How so. many personas yeah. typically do you come up with? Oh, it's not uncommon, especially in this contrived example where people really get into 12, 14, wow. 15, because we can think of different scenarios where you know a college student is coming home for vacation. He's looking for the cheapest flight. Right. The business traveler absolutely wants the fastest least connections, yeah. wants to get the best seat, the most upgrades. How do they maximize their mileage account so they get, uh, you know, status? Yeah. Carl Franklin wants to go to Australia and doesn't want to sit in, ch- in coach. Exactly. Is, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. So um, usually, you know, a dozen or so isn't difficult to do. And they literally have like a minute to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other things we that I, I use whenever I facilitate is this balance between convergent and divergent thinking. So we do silent brainstorming for a minute, then we bring the ideas together. Hmm. Uh, there's actually a lot, there's a lot of sessions at other conferences that I've gone to and done some reading about how you generate more ideas, more diverse ideas, because you're not anchoring each other. Right. Yeah, okay. And I think most people get nowadays yeah, that... Whoever speaks first is going to exactly. anchor the entire conversation. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's funny you say that, because I actually do another piece in this workshop where... You write down on a post-it on a scale of one to ten, 
One being you never speak at a meeting unless someone directly asks you a question. Right. Five, oh wait, one to five, I should have said. Right. Okay. Uh, five is basically you talk over people and interrupt people and they have to rank themselves on a, this scale. Mm -hmm. Just write a number on a post-it. If they say three, I make them change it to either two or four because everyone thinks they're a three. Oh, I, I, you know, I'm polite. Uh, I do exactly what I'm supposed to. Why not make and a then they share with their table. Why not make a scale of six so you can't pick the middle? Well, we could. Oh, I, nice. I suppose I could just do that. <laughs> but I actually, I appreciate the three because it points out the bias. It, it, yeah. yeah. You know, really, so there's a learning moment there. I also Absolutely. like this whole process that we've gone through so far because you haven't actually talked to the customers. You're actually finding out what these people think their customers yeah. are. Yes. Yeah. I think Absolutely. that's really powerful, especially in that that uh, divergent way where you just think of it yourself, come up with a version, mm -hmm. and then we'll share them. Because I, 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 I would be really excited that there's a wide diversity of opinions of what the customer wants and how they want sure. it. Sure. Absolutely. So the, the more robust thinking you put into this, mm -hmm. the more you're going to get out of it. Because what you end up with is basically this this picture, this map of some assumptions that you should then go out and check. Right. Go out and, and talk validate. to customers. And validating also is another learning moment, right? So you have the initial uh, opinions of the, of the people invested in the mm -hmm. process, and then you map it against the actual data, and you find out where our biases are. Right, and, absolutely. And what we were wrong about. Yep. Another thing that this does, like in the real world, is it brings this group of people who maybe they were just assigned to this project, maybe they don't know each other, mm -hmm. it gets them all working together toward a customer. So it's a lot of what I see, I spent many years as a business analyst, mm. being that sort of in between the business and devs, where the business, you know, the marketing manager thinks they know their customer perfectly well. The devs think they know the customer perfectly well. Sure. And it gets them all looking the same direction. And yeah, and on, and on you're the same all, side. You're all writing a story together. It's really what you're doing. Absolutely. And, and I, I also, I got to presume, and we're all wrong. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But we're wrong yeah. together. And wrong yeah. in different ways, too. Yes, yes, yes. Completely. I, I don't want to get away from it because I think we sort of got... Distracted from the one to five thing because I oh, love sure, it. Sure. Is anybody write five for oh, I yeah, talk yeah, over absolutely. everybody? Yeah, because basically they just share it at their table. Right. And then what we do throughout it is occasionally I'll be like, okay, make sure the ones go first. Nice. And not only do the ones get a chance to speak because you, so one of you mentioned the first person who talks yep. yeah. defines the, the whole conversation. Sure. So it gives one a chance to go first. But just by a five, writing a five, being aware that, yeah. oh, yeah, I do really over interrupt people, yeah. they're less likely to do it. It's, it actually it, just sets the, uh, the tone the, a little bit. That for this is team. actually an issue. And he's looking around at the ones going, yeah, I really don't hear from you. Yeah. Uh, it's also surprising how often the ones are incredibly thoughtful. Absolutely. Yeah, so we don't, again, that speaks to why we do the silent brainstorming. Sure. Because if you don't take the time to do it quietly, and someone is just like at a whiteboard capturing ideas, like right. we picture a brainstorming, the fives yeah. are going to be all over the board. All over it. The and ones it, are going to wait till it's over and be after the meeting, walking back to their desk going, you know what we didn't talk about yeah. is X, Y, Z. Totally. And that's where the gold might be. So mm -hmm. we're trying yeah. to level the playing field. The other thing I find when you speak right away is then we start attacking that idea rather than exploring others. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That actually, have you ever used or 
seen six thinking hats. It's mm -hmm. another technique no. that I like. Yeah. For the same concept that basically you can explore an idea from different perspectives. Yeah. Mm. But and, and that's a whole other session. Yeah, <laughs> and definitely holding on to it. It's like, oh, we analyze later. Right now, yeah. we're just writing down as many ideas as we can. We're trying to get those pieces out first. Because you well, never know what's going to come from that. And that's what the map sort of does too. It organizes the analysis. Mm -hmm. Because you're taking it basically with the senses, you know, the seeing, the hearing, the saying, you know, mm. it allows you to methodically sort of think about right. your customer rather than just, you know, random things coming out. Mm -hmm. So I find it really, really useful with clients that I work with. And I'm surprised at how many people haven't heard of it yeah. at conferences because it's been around for a few years. Um, I think a lot of companies don't invest enough time at the beginning of projects, not in spelling everything out, because I'm certainly a huge fan of progressive elaboration. Sure. But let's make sure we at least know our customer and then elaborate for that customer. Right. Let's, let's kind of hone in on one person. And, and I got to think when you have a diverse people in the room, you're lots of folks coming with anecdotal evidence too. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. But what I think we're all guilty of, so anecdotal is a good starting point, but unless we go out and actually validate our assumptions, mm -hmm. uh, how project. many we, we do. We, we project what we absolutely. would do in that case. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so many coworkers I'm thinking of who <laughs> like, yeah. that's the worst thing ever. We need to fix that. And it's like, just because you don't like it doesn't mean anyone else even notices right. that's on the page. So what's the data? How can we actually yeah. show that this is a real problem? Well, so. and it, I mean, just us making podcasts, we're way more critical of our podcasts in many respects than our listeners are. Oh. That's right. We've scrapped interviews before yep. because they just weren't strong enough. Yeah, we weren't wow. happy with them. You know, yeah. they Is that a threat? Are you... <laughs> 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 oh, man, pressure's on. <laughs> no, it's only happened a couple of times. But yeah, and we're all... Wait, another aspect of it. We're all speakers. Yeah. How many times have you come off a stage going, ah, I did okay, but your audience is thrilled? Right. Every time. You know? I, I really, yeah. seriously, every but time. When you're in the business, you're critical. You're more critical, and you're more critical of smaller things right. than sure. the people that are not in the business, whatever that business may be. Yeah. And uh, let's take a moment right here before we continue just to pay our bills. This episode of .NET Rocks is made possible in part by Windows on the Google Cloud Platform. You may not know this, but the Google Cloud Platform supports Windows Server 2008, 2012, and 2016. It also supports SQL Server versions 2012, 2014, and 2016 standard web and enterprise editions with high availability. You can deploy your ASP.NET Windows apps to Compute Engine or your ASP.NET Core apps to App Engine or Container Engine. That's Google's hosted Kubernetes environment. .NET and .NET Core libraries are there for all 200-plus Google.com and cloud services in NuGet, led by John Skeet of Stack Overflow fame. But what about Visual Studio integration? Oh, it's there. You can use Visual Studio to manage your GCP resources and deploy your existing apps. You get stack driver logging, error reporting, and tracing support for .NET and .NET Core. PowerShell commandlets for GCP, which run on Windows and Linux. And a great set of partners to bring your Windows and .NET workloads to GCP, including Capgemini, Nudesic, and Magenic. So go to gcp.netrocks.com and get your free trial today. And we're back. This is .NET Rocks. Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell talking to Diane Zajac-Woody about empathy mapping. Very yeah. Good. It, once you have a map, what do you do with it? Well, it really feeds into um, what a lot of 
teams use story maps, if you've heard of those. Yeah. Well, it's pretty common practice nowadays. And I think it's sort of the missing piece between personas and story maps. Yeah. Because it it helps define a little bit more of the problem you're trying to solve. What are some of the issues that this person may or may not have? Mm. So that as we build out a story map and the journey that this customer might go on, we have a little bit more perspective, a better perspective on what they might need. But, you know, before somebody buys a ticket, you can't really ask them, are you a college student or are you a grandmother or are you, I mean, well, sure, how do you sure. find out who's using your app? So I'm thinking of it more from the perspective of you are new, you're, you're just now selling airline tickets mm -hmm. and we want to, instead of building an application that will apply to 12 personas, let's make one person happy first. Right. So if it's, if we want to market ourselves as the airline, you know, cheap tickets.com sort of thing, that might be for the college student. And then over time, as we validate that this is working for this person, we may want to expand who we service, who's sure. gonna, who we're going after, I guess, in terms of uh, marketing. So it helps you identify your market before you, before you even have well, a company? Ideally, I, I would think that if you're building a product, you should know who you're going to try to sell it to. Or at least who you want to sell it to. Exactly. Right. You have some goal but in But you don't mind. necessarily want to limit it to one group. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. But if you think iteratively... Yeah. Maybe you do. The first iteration, you do want to hone in on just one Maybe. person. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I mean, let's take something boring like insurance. You yeah. know, there are, everyone needs insurance. So eventually, you're going to want to build something that helps everyone you know, buy your products faster, sooner, cheaper. So you know, the boss says, we want to sell to rich people. Potentially. <laughs> I mean, actually, if you look at insurance, there's even so many demographics. We yeah. want, maybe there's, uh, you know, there's data that shows that people who drive blue cars are better you know, right. drivers, and so mm. we want them. So yeah. maybe we use blue on our side <laughs> to attract <laughs> those people. You Rather know, than say, what color is your car? Right, I'll right. give you a different price. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I'll leave the, the marketing genius to yeah, the marketing yeah, people. Yeah, right. um, my job is usually in helping teams sort of achieve the goal that they've been given, mm -hmm. you know, because teams are, hey, go build this thing for me. And we want to allow the team to be involved in the process to better mm -hmm. understand who they're building it for and mm -hmm. what are some of the needs of those people. So that's, that's just kind of filling that little gap. I do, I do use software on websites where... Typically, they want to know some stuff about you, and they ask these questions, and I always feel like, you know, when, they, when, when I'm getting asked questions, like about demographics and about what I'm interested in and all these things, that they're, they're trying to just maximize the, the money that they're going to get out of me, you know? I mean, that's the yeah. feeling that I get. Maybe I'm cynical, but no. do, you, do you get that feeling, too? Like, you know, like, well, and one how many They're PCs? also trying to optimize your experience, so it's worth more to you, too. Yeah, well, that... Eh. I'm just trying to put a positive spin No, you're on. right. You're right. <laughs> uh, you're right. They're trying to increase the value to you. But, but I, I think we're both enough anti-establishment folks that as soon as you feel like you're trying to be put in a box, you're unhappy and uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes, I completely right. yeah. Like, yeah. Where is the I don't want to be categorized button? Yeah, right. right? Where's the just to take my money and yeah, send and me a show product? Me, plus this engineering mindset. Just to show me everything. Right. I can yeah. ignore the options that aren't important to me and, and, right. and, pu I think, and push Well, I think through. Google actually does have a setting where you can say, don't personalize things. But yeah. then you just are hit with every crap ad. That yeah, it's funny then how that <laughs> affects I don't know if that's you. better or worse. You yeah. feel it's less personal. Mm -hmm. I, I, I tell you what I don't like. I don't like seeing ads for stuff that I just bought. Yep. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's insulting. Around mm -hmm. Christmas? 
that's torture as a parent. Oh, yeah. I totally go in incognito mode because right. otherwise my kids know exactly what I bought for yeah, them. Yeah, sure. So, because yeah. we share, yeah, they use my laptop a lot right. of times. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Great example. That is the, the worst. And I can't believe they don't consider that. <laughs> but if it got smarter, if it got smarter and yeah. put two and two together and showed me something that I actually might be interested in, right. I'd, I'd be happy about like that. Like an add-on. No, but yeah. it literally shows you the thing you just bought. It shows bought. you what yep. you just bought, which is the dumbest thing I've in the well, world. Well, it's, 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 like, it's, it's a weakness in their implementation of it. Because the Google Analytics actually is perfectly capable of as soon as you've actually made a buy mm. and they've mapped that traffic that they never show you an ad again or they show you the next product to buy. Yeah. They show you the same product. And I have flatly emailed someone and say, I'm getting ready to return this product unless you figure out your ad system better right. and stop trying to sell it to me. Wow. You know, and that yeah. you want to see somebody upset? Oh, you always get an email back when you do that one. Yeah. <laughs> right away. Mm. But that, that was the... It's, I know it can be better. I've built them. They yeah. just have done the half-baked job of actually making that work. We're yeah. a long way. I don't think we have a lot of empathy for this process. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. Right. Uh, yeah, so where else do you go with empathy maps? I like the whole see, hear, think, feel, say, do. Yeah, focus on you know, what are their pains and gains for this specific person. So what do you mean when you say pains and gains? Uh, so just not the things that irritate you, but what yeah. might be the things that irritate them. And a, and a grandmother scenario is awesome because, especially when you're in the business, you understand so much of it, it's hard to see when someone would be confused. Sure, and, sure, and people, absolutely. People inexperienced or intimidated, often confused. And, and I, think yep. it's, I think it's a very tricky thing to figure out. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not even for gra just grandmothers. I mean, no, no. my own mother, <laughs> actually, at this point. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and not, yeah, not to play on any cliches sure, here, right? But it's just like, <laughs> Gotta be careful. you are not your customer. Yeah. You're almost never your customer. Yeah. And your stuff's too complicated. Right. Well, you know, there, there, there's a, some great stories Scott Guthrie told about when they were building Azure. Oh, right, right at the beginning. Everybody at the beginning, and he said, all right, here's a credit card. Go uh, try to log in and get, and get some Azure credits and, you know, just go through the whole process. Make a okay. website. Make That's a website. Fantastic. From yeah, scratch. From scratch. Can't use any of your existing accounts. Can't call for help. Yeah. Okay. Be a normal mortal no asset. <laughs> right. And, he, and he realized, and they're already technical people, so they already have a leg up on most. Yeah. And he said like half of them couldn't get it done because yeah. wow. it was that hard. Yep. Well, see, and that's so important to get that feedback fast. Yeah. You know? yeah. If, if he would have waited months and right. done something, it would have been so much wasted effort and time, money. So yeah, I, just, exactly. I appreciate the make yourself into the customer by taking away some of your secret sauce. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the key to this, you know, if you think about, this was an hour-long workshop. Mm -hmm. So when people are used to this technique, mm. 45 minutes with a group of people. And you're a long way along. And you, yeah. Yes, you're a long way along. You can run this multiple times for different personas. Sure. Mm -hmm. So as you think about new customers that you're adding into, you know, your, your kind of target right. uh, goal base. So it's really, really low investment, mm. but high output, yeah. how outcomes coming out of it. You get a little bit more insight. And I don't want to downplay the, the team dynamic that you're all aligning in the same direction. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. That yeah. is really... That everybody going through that process just gets them, get, gets them appreciating each other, too. So yep. a little trust absolutely. building going on. Yes, there, right? absolutely. And also you get more invested in your product or your service that you're mm -hmm. selling. Right. And seeing it from the customer's point of view. Absolutely. So yeah. many teams are 
sort of uh, disillusioned when all they're doing is, well, I have to do this app because this guy tells me to. Yeah, right. right. They're bo- embroiled like, in the give details. Give them the vision. Give them the purpose behind. Yeah. Although you, I also bump into people who like, I really don't care. Tell me what to build. Right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I, I mean, have you ever dealt with some hostility? Like, I've certainly, as a consultant, come in where the guy can't believe we're in a meeting. We should be writing code right now. Yeah. Oh, that's a really common thing. Yeah. That right. My current client. People are in, devs are in meetings 80% of their day. Yeah. Billy Hollis would call them a code addict. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to write code, yeah. don't you? It's a crazy notion that yeah. a developer would actually write code yeah. primarily. Yeah. Um, well, that's some of why I like cross-functional dedicated teams. Mm. It's that model of we, don't, we need less meetings. Let's, right. let's optimize what we actually are trying to achieve and not spend time on overhead talking about things. But let's having get to having those initial conversations right set us up for success critical. you know so we're not constantly turning over things like hey that. richard yeah buddy guess what time it is now uh, it must be that happy time again yeah it's time to return the seven big green eggs i accidentally bought from amazon last week <laughs> <laughs> well by the way that's very odd that's also a lot of money by well, the way well you those know they just expensive. kept showing me the same ad and over they were they were really there was a good deal so i, I just kept buying them so if you have seven of them, does that mean you can do a brisket in two hours? Yeah, ooh, no. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we missed a month barbecue. <laughs> you chop it up into smaller pieces. You're going to bring some reindeer home from Norway? Uh, you can <laughs> cook Somehow up that math doesn't work. Actually, it's time to give away a DevExpress D-Experience subscription to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. Become a UI superhero with DevExpress UI controls and libraries and deliver elegant .NET solutions that address customer needs today and leverage your existing knowledge to build next-generation touch-enabled solutions for tomorrow. Whether it's an Office-inspired application or a data-centric analytics dashboard, DevExpress Universal ships with everything you'll need to build your best without limits or compromise. And check out their new DevExtreme React Grid, built from the ground up to fully support all the cool features that come with React, like the virtual DOM, state controllers like Redux, etc. It supports master detail, sorting, grouping, paging, and editing. You can check it out and test it for free by getting it from GitHub. Learn more and download your free 30-day trial of DevExpress Universal at devexpress.com slash superhero. Well, all right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner is Ed Blackley. Congratulations, Ed. Yay. I'll clap for you, sir. Ed just won the awesome D-Experience subscription from DevExpress, a big pile of goodness from them, just for being a member of the .NET Rocks fan club. And hey, if you don't know what that is, go to .NET Rocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world, and every show we like to give away stuff from our sponsors, and every December we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree, folks. But you got to sign up to win. And now it's your turn, Diane. If you had $5,000 to spend on technology, what do you think you'd buy? Does it have to be on technology? Nope. <laughs> I guess not. I guess not. No. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I am craving technologically is some kind of home automation system. I just bought a house. So my okay. first instinct is kayaks because I just bought a house on a lake yeah. and I want to get a couple kayaks. Nothing wrong with that. Kayaks are great. So you must be close to the water then. Oh, I'm right on the water. Nice. So nice. small little lake. Love it. Yeah. Um, mm. But I'm also, I'm, I have a few friends who have the whole like, you know, turn on the porch light from your phone on the way yep. home from the airport because I get home 
you know, at midnight, right. two o'clock in the morning sometimes, and yeah. it's pitch black. And mm. so that would be super, super helpful. Being able to wake up your house on the way home from the airport. Yes. Like lights, heat. Yes. You know, yes, exactly. Maybe even little music. Like, talk about a, talk about a <laughs> Pour better me a glass of wine. <laughs> well, and also disarm the alarm uh, from outside. Oh, sure, so sure. I, set, I set this up on the coast place yeah. that, oh. you're, that we, we that we set and we arm and disarm our alarms from the phone. Nice. But the home back in the suburbs doesn't mm. have that, so mm. it's just like when you, can you fix this? Because sure. I kind of like it's just no more the unlock the door, race to the alarm panel, yeah. and not and it's not the set the alarm, race out the door. It's yeah. the go out the door, just lock things up, get in the car, click, 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 alarms are set, off we go. Yeah. See, yeah. all so I want is lights, and he's talking oh, about... I'm here to I automate your world. All right, we'll talk after the show. Yeah. Okay. Your neighbor saw your I'll be home in 10 minutes tweet and went and robbed you blind. <laughs> the door was open. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, you know, it's amazing, especially when you've been traveling for a while, coming back to your home that's being inviting as opposed to coming yeah. back to your home and it's blacked out and needs and Absolutely. needs work you're yes. tired you want to relax and yeah. you've got to do this and do that and do this and do that before you can unwind it's just annoying mm. it's, it might as well stay in the hotel yeah hmm. Okay. They make me breakfast at the hotel, too. There's that, yes. <laughs> what you need uh, is a personal robot. I do, I yeah. do. Because then they could pour me wine. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Yes. That's what you want. They're you coming. Want. They're coming. A little droid waiting in the front door with a glass of wine right I want there. A, ref- a fridge on wheels. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> that, I'm sure, has been invented by uh, Carl. It, you know, one true. thing that I thought about would be co- kind of cool is a fridge mailbox or a freezer mailbox. So the mailbox is actually a little fridge or freezer. So if you order... So your steaks can yeah, stay frozen. Yeah, exactly. You order some Omaha steaks, you okay. know. You order some chocolate chips. They won't melt in the mailbox, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah, you sort of want a mailbox complex. A yeah. unit with a bunch of different doors on it. And when they go to deliver the mail, they have a code and that opens the door. That's, oh, that's the chiller. You know, yeah. that's the... Now that you just got to get your mail carrier to be <laughs> smart enough <laughs> yeah. to... Put it in the right place. Or willing. I think uh, willingness yes. might be the first thing. Then, right. How about I just leave it right here? How about that? Not that clever. Oh, well, well. A freezer would be best then. <laughs> so my only concern with this approach at this point is, is as the team goes off, they've now constructed these personas, they've, they've internalized them, and they're wrong. Like, oh, sure. And, and they will be wrong. And so now we, we obviously need a process to validate Sure. And then to make sure that that's what we're holding on to, not our initial misconceptions of our customers. Yeah, absolutely. We, we need to go into this knowing that we are generating uh, an assumption right. that we need to validate. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on the organization, that can take the form of actual interviews. It can right. take the form of maybe building a quick little prototype and getting it in the hands of people. See there's, how they react. Yeah, it's, it just depends on kind of, kind of what your process is. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all. No, and the more I do focus groups, the more I realize people lie oh yeah focus you know it's just like it's well and it's that it's just that they're so last year (laughs) it's also that people will answer your question because you asked it not Mm. because they care about it Mm. yes and and not what what they actually believe one way or the other it's Mm. that discreet surveillance watching what people actually do absolutely is so much more valuable and interesting yeah because the biases that they carry around interacting with people will impact how they answer your questions i also think that getting back to the whole how do you know who your customer is when they come to your website thing that that's probably going to be something that more people are going to want to know you know they're going to want to look you up in a database and find out more about you just when you log on with your email address you know uh, um, do you find that customers want that information as well? So now we know what persona story to play out. 
Well, I think that most of the projects that I'm involved with are products that need to be built no matter what. Like right. the customers already have decided they're going to, like the insurance company needs to allow their customers to use an online account. Right. Yeah. So the they're customers not. Customers are demanding it. The question is, can you right. make it great? Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and, and so, in order to do that, you need to know who, who these people are, at least sure. know as much as you can know about them. Sure. And with something like uh, an insurance company, you're going to have your folks who already have mm. coverage or pe prospects who mm -hmm. you're trying to gain. Right. And again, back to the blue car, there's things you can do to influence that. Sure. But I think the, the idea of using personas and empathy mapping is to think iteratively. So again, back to story right, maps, right. where it's like, what's the smallest thing that we can build that we can validate some of what we, sure. we think we know? Right. Um, so and you're constructing experiments then. You're absolutely. It's all about experimentation. All too. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I suppose, you know, after you have some engagement with the user, you'll learn more about them just naturally by what they yes. do, what they buy, and what they... Uh, and, it, and is it just me, or are we surveyed to death yeah like yes. i cannot face another survey and every time i do make the mistake i finally go okay you could serve maybe uh, on the fifth page of 16 options with four variables that you could adjust i'm like nope there's only one, one exception to that rule and that is the dotnet rocks fan club but it's terse <laughs> you know what i like about our survey yeah. is it's not overwhelming and you're not asking for judgment calls that people don't have True. how do you feel about visual studio rating yeah, yeah, one yeah, to yeah. ten right, right? Yeah. there's a terrible things like yeah. don't do that to people it's right. mean yeah right it's like what do you use what do you like what could we be better on yeah you know, i do the sur i do the survey on run as radio yep and same my favorite piece of that is the free form tell me your favorite show yeah Right, because it's, uh, you learn so much from someone that way. If yeah. you'll actually read it, sure. Yeah. I would be interested to know if folks out there creating these surveys, if they're taking measurements of how many people bail after the first page. I how would many, hope so. The cancel mm. rates would oh, be yeah. so rates, beneficial. Right? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not in the marketing field, so I don't know the correct but I, terms. I, I, but I'm totally coming from an e-commerce point of view. Uh, and and okay. one of the things you learn when you're doing these kinds of things, you do the demo at the end. The first yeah. thing I do is try and categorize you. You immediately turn people off. Like yeah, the bounce absolutely. rate goes up. But if I've got yep. you three quarters of the way through a survey and you're not furious with me yet, yeah. then when I ask you about uh, you know, demographic data, age, and, and, and so forth, sure. then you're a little more willing. But oh, mm. I've just got, you know, I'm on my last nerve for survey. And I, ev I every flight I take, they yeah. want to survey me. Every time I rent a car, they want to survey me. Dude, every fast hotel food restaurants now. Fill out a survey <laughs> on the back of the receipt and you'll get a free Whopper or whatever yeah. it is, you know? Forget. It's like, no. But and I don't know, if maybe it's just me. Because I'm so engaged in those things, but I'm just like I'm buying coffee. Yeah. Leave me alone. You know who he used to harass the worst was Radio Shack. Oh, remember that? Yeah, I need. I want your phone number. Yeah, uh, I don't need to buy that battery. I'm that buying bad. a battery. Yeah. You don't need my phone number. No, I'm not going to give you my social security yeah. number. Uh, well, it must Jeez. work for somebody because yep. they keep doing it, and yes. it yeah. seems to be growing. So yeah. they must be getting. But even hotels, right? When you check in a hotel, oh, sure. you want me to email you that receipt? No, you can just hand it to me. Uh, oh, see, I like the digital version. I versions. do like the digital receipt. I don't like keeping yeah. track. Then you, get, then you get spammed I by got the good hotels. spam filters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unsubscribe. So. Uncheck at, the box. At least that's a convenience. Yeah, know, I guess you're As right. opposed to the phone number at the radio shack. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> like you're going to call me. Hey, remember me, Bob, a <laughs> radio shack? Ready like, for another couple of C's? Yeah, you, you want some, C's for <laughs> some double A's? Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I guess this is sort of out of scope anyway, the actual surveying mechanism and, and how we gather data. But it's got to be interesting... 
I, you know, like I said, I'm genuinely concerned about people get invested in a persona without enough data, and it's actually right. hard to change their minds when the facts arrive. Because facts are often not as compelling as what we've constructed in yeah, our heads. Absolutely. Mm. Well, but part of this exercise, and you know, we're kind of focused on empathy mapping, but there's a lot of different types of exercises sure. yeah. to get us to thinking about our customers. Mm -hmm. You know, first and foremost. And all of them, I think, are designed to help us bring a little meaning to what we do, mm -hmm. bring some of someone's thoughts other than our own. Yeah. Right. You know, we're constantly battling what we think yeah. is the our best thing to do for biases. us yeah. and yeah. our pains. So anything that we can do to help folks align around a customer and step out of ourselves for a mm -hmm. moment can be useful. And I got to think that instrumenting your software so that you can measure as much about how people are interacting with it. I mean, what better feedback could you ask for than this is what they actually did on your app. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm reminded of the story, uh, and you know who drove this was Steven Sanofsky, was the instrumenting of Internet Explorer. Huh. And one of the things they discovered when they instrumented everybody, because influencers, for better or worse, the kind mm -hmm. of people who will fill in surveys and so forth, mm -hmm. they come with their own biases. Right, and right, so because yeah. we were all influencers in that IE space, we loved bookmarks, right? Interesting. You mm -hmm. bookmark your, your, your favorite mm -hmm. and sort them out and so forth. Right. You know, we're organizers and stuff. Right. And his general survey where every IE reported back showed it's only us. It was like yeah. less than 10% <laughs> of users ever make a bookmark. Wow. Interesting. And the consequence was that, and you can, go, you can go in and see this to this day, they stopped adding features to the bookmark section mm. of the app. Why, wow. why would you put money into that and time into that mm. when it represents such, there's so many more important things. Yeah. And, it, and it, for me, it just sort of poked me in the, be careful of influencers. They, right. they come yeah. with biases too. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I love instrumenting software and then, and then interpreting that. Why, why did they do this? Why did they go back? Why did they bounce? Why did they go this far down and go yeah. away? You know, have you ever had a workshop go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. There was that one in Vegas where I was a little bit, <laughs> a little bit tired. But, yeah, it's um, a different I issue, really. We all yes. have that story about <laughs> that time in Vegas. Uh, I, generally, things go pretty well. Um, yeah. I'm very... I, I like to drive interaction and yeah. engagement, and I've, I guess I've been doing this long enough yeah. that reading the audience, uh, like even the other day mm -hmm. here, in, here in Norway, I didn't know what to expect. Sure. I don't know the culture very sure. well. Didn't know how people would be with speaking up. And yeah. one of the participants, uh, I had asked a question of the whole uh, room, and she looked across the table and pointed to someone else. Oh, he'll answer that. And I said, well... In my house, when you volunteer someone, that means you have to do it. Yeah. And she had this look of panic on her <laughs> oh, face, <no>. <laughs> like, oh. And, and uh, you know, so I didn't call on her. I right. was like, no, you're good. Like, yeah, you, know, you have to know. Need you to faint. Yeah. So, so you gotta read your audience and adapt. You know. Mm. So if if people are less engaged, then I might push a little bit, uh, call on people who seem like they might want to answer a question. Right. And, but and otherwise, then okay. If they're less energy, then let's do more talking things. Let's, Send them to Jesse Sternschiss's yes, uh, yes. class so <laughs> yeah. they can open up a little. Well, yes. certainly, I mean, we've a done a lot. Of, we've been to this event many times. We've yeah. done a fair number of shows and interact with folks in Scandinavian countries. Mm. And they have an, an egalitarianism, a sort of sense of equality amongst themselves. I don't know that you'd get many fives. 
Like fives mm. would be pretty uh, yeah. rare in this yeah. part of the in this part that of the been, world. Yeah, because they just share with each other. I didn't get to see their yeah, numbers. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. they're That's a little more reserved. They, they're a little more reserved, and they're and they are very cooperative to each other. Sure, mm. and I could see that definitely yeah. in the workshop. I did this uh, same one actually about a month ago in Detroit at a conference. And the difference yeah, in the U.S. is there's almost always one person who takes charge of the table. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and an awful lot of people that are grateful and a few that are annoyed. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, you absolutely. Yep. It, it works both ways. And I think it, it helps to be fairly empathic, to be aware and watch those micro gestures that sort of show yeah. you the dynamic of the group's forces absolutely. as well. And I'm always walking the room. Sure. And so I'm helping to guide folks and ask someone else who's sitting down a little bit more quiet yeah. and, you know, kind of pulling people into some of the conversations. I imagine in a very real way what you're what you're finding out is something that you would have missed otherwise on a forum, let's say, on a website, you know, that a, a question you could ask that is going to make the difference for a small for one of these personas or two, you know. And, and I can I can see that the very real practical applications of this, even if you're even if you're not targeting your your, your site, your product, your service towards one persona, you know, you're, you're not leaving anybody behind either. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. It's, you're not building it for you. That's honestly, at the end of the That's day. That's what it's all about. You just don't, you don't want to build what you want. Mm -hmm. yeah. You want to build what your customer wants. Nice. Sure. Yeah, and I think it's really powerful to, to try and, uh, and fight against that. For mm. better or worse, in technology companies, you know, where we have more of a relationship with the stuff we're building, it's, it's almost harder you know, I, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, the airline scenario pain is great because airline employees have simply have a different experience with airlines oh, than, they, than mm. the regular public does. Here's a great example of when you, when you get it wrong, right? You go to a restaurant and you order something and you say, uh, you know, what sides would you like with that? And, and you say, no, I would like the salad, you know, this particular salad. Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, we can't do that. And I say, <laughs> well... I'm, I'm not sure looking you for you to substitute. You can just leave the sides off of my dish, and then in addition, you can charge me for that <laughs> salad. It's okay. <laughs> I wasn't trying to, you know. You're not the typical customer yeah, there. <laughs> but they're thinking that, oh, I want to pay the same money, and, you know, this yeah. is like it's about the money, right? And for me, it's about the salad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want that salad. You can't tell me I can't have it. <laughs> yeah. Very funny. Um, where do we go from here? What, about, what else do we need to know about empathy mapping? We got it. Are we ready to go with it? Yeah, it's a really simple technique. Sure. Yeah, I don't no. want to overcomplicate it. No, um, and, and, and it's also a great way to sort of shift the dynamic, too. People often get vested in, in other strategies. So just to try this on and change up the team a little bit, it's, it's pretty compelling. Absolutely. As far as the details of doing it, is it really just a whiteboard where you just write down these things, or is there a special process There's, for going through it? Uh, yeah, if you, you'll find some templates online. I made my yeah. own template kind of based on that. Um, Agile Squirrel. <laughs> yes, uh, it, it will be posted out there within the day, hopefully. Okay. Um, my just slide deck that kind of talks you through the, the steps of it. Um, the key is that it's part of a bigger process, yeah. you know, the, right. the ideation, the, the kind of even making more robust personas from this, creating story maps, sure. which then lead to user stories, and knowing that we're anchored from the beginning on this particular customer. Yeah. You know, that we keep that in mind the whole way th through the process. So what's the next frontier for you? What do you, what do you, what do you got coming up? <sighs> um, Agile 2017. Which is when? This is an event? 
It's an event, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the largest Agile conference in North America. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm one of the program team members, so we're busy making last minute changes and uh, finalizing the program. It's in August. Mm -hmm. uh, it's funny, I don't know the exact date. It's first week in August in Orlando this year. So I think it might have already happened by the time this show comes out. Yeah, so it's entirely oh. possible. Yeah, okay. maybe. But we'll see. Uh, yeah, so I'm like, what else am I up to? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in the fall? I didn't even, uh, yeah, even. Uh, right. What am I doing in the fall? You guys are really, you know, you want I me know. to think that far You're in advance? You're going to be kayaking. That's it. I am going to be kayaking. And yeah. turning on your lights remotely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am yeah. very anxious to get home to order kayaks. Awesome. My, yeah. my boys are, they, there was the promise when I got the house that there were going to be kayaks. And they weren't there waiting when we moved in. So <laughs> wow. I need to get on that awesome. very quickly. Well, Diane, thanks. It's been great learning about this empathy mapping and talking to you. I appreciate being on the show. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a